Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and today it's Christmas time. We didn't want to do a Christmas episode, you know, three days before Christmas, so we'd like to do it in November to give you as much time to start to think about how you can make your Christmas best Christmas yet. Now, we've got some guests in the studio today. Uh, I'll start by introducing Anyo, Keeks and Amanda. <laughs> hey guys, how are we? Good. Hey, good. Yeah. Yeah. Doing well. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll get to um, the craziness soon, uh, but I just want to announce a couple of things on today's podcast. Christmas is coming around. Many of you have purchased the Glenn James spending plan. You've changed your life. I've had so many emails and feedbacks, reviews, the people have said, hey, we've paid off 20 grand worth of debt, we can save an extra $200 a week and that's only because they've put a system in place, they've put a plan in place and they've stuck to it and the money takes care of itself. So if that's been you and you've had good experience, you can now jump on the website and we'll put a link in the show note and you can buy the Glen James Spending Plan as a gift and you can give that to your family members because they're not going to listen to you. Like... You girls, you don't listen to your mum when she tells you stuff, do you? <laughs> uh, so, if you want me to tell your loved ones how to manage their money, you can do that and I will do that. So, jump on the website. There's a version you can download and print an email or you can pay an extra couple of dollars and we'll post you a hard copy uh, gift certificate. One other thing before we you know, rattle this snake is <laughs> I've recently launched a new podcast called My Millennial Business. So, if you're a small business owner and you want to be encouraged and learn best practices, it's for you. If you're a side hustler and you want to try and transition to uh, your business as a full-time thing, it's for you. Or if you're sitting at a desk or you're an employee or whatever that is and you want to maybe one day start a business, it's going to be for you. And we can't do this podcast without our show partner, Sun Super. If you are looking at reviewing your superannuation, you can throw Sun Super in the mix. Thank you, Sun Super. They've been, they've won every super award under the sun. They've won 2020 Fund of the Year a million times. Well, once in 2020 and a few times before 2020. And you can head to sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. And thank you to Sun Super. All right, everyone ready? Yes. All right. As ready as we can be. <laughs> All right, Anyo. Yes. You're an amazing woman. You're a mother of 10 children. Can you start the podcast and maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and I don't know how we got here today. I don't know if you can name all your kids. Just <laughs> talk. <laughs> and, and we've got two of your daughters here and we'll have some fun today. This episode is just about Christmas hacks and I thought how can we do Christmas uh, in a – 
really kind of cost-effective way. So we need to talk to somebody who probably has done it every year in a cost-effective way for many yep. years. <laughs> My name is Anyo. Yep. Um, I was born in Holland, came to Australia when I was about uh, nearly 18. Uh, met my husband about six months later and we were together for about five years before we had our first child. And then we traveled quite a bit, different states, um, America, and uh, yeah, I just kept having babies. Um, <laughs> we had nine in 15 years. We had four girls, two boys, um, four girls. And then we had a five-year gap and still another little girl, Destiny, who is now nearly 12. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's amazing because you've really got three generations. You've got yeah. a millennial, yeah. Gen Y, you've got Gen Z, Z, uh, Keeks, and then you've Destiny, the youngest, yes. a Gen Z or just in Gen Z maybe, mm. maybe borderline Z alpha. Uh, either way, there's three generations <laughs> yeah. that um, yeah. that you've been around. How do you keep up with technology, cool things, fashion? Uh, well, I, I learn a lot from the girls really. <laughs> Saying it's uh, out and the lingo is hard <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. I'm not very good with all the whole social. I mean, I do Instagram, but well, that's about it. Yeah. Um, you don't have a TikTok? No, I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> no, no, no. He doesn't believe in TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, cool. And so I don't want to be presumptuous, uh, but for most of your adult life when the kids started, have you been a full-time parent? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what What was that like? Um, talk, did you do any other type of work? Was uh, your husband, is it Michael? Yes. Yeah. What was Michael doing during that time? Okay. Michael runs his own electrical business, but he's also a slash builder designer. Um, we homeschooled our children for, well, 22 years. Um, so that kept us very busy. And, and I worked on and off for about 10 to 15 years. And the last four years, I've worked with a non-for-profit Diamond Women. And we look after women who face unplanned pregnancies. So that's, uh, we have an office in Gosford, so I'm quite involved with that. Yeah, great. And yeah. we'll put a link in the show notes just if anyone's interested awesome. in looking Thank at that you. because, you know, we've got a good platform here, so we may as well use it for good. Mm. Uh, and particularly if you are on the New South Wales Central Coast, it might be something that we can uh, spread the word on. Beautiful. Mm. Now, what was – because, you know – this episode is designed around the community and we've got a heap of questions that people have asked. People might be thinking, one, all your kids were naturally yours and you birthed them all because there was some chatter in the group. It's like... Okay, two uh, yes, yeah. So She's adopted. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, this is actually Keeks. The purpose of today <laughs> is to tell you you're adopted. I'm adopted. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, the rationale behind homeschooling. What was the thought process behind that? Okay. Um, yes, I did carry all the children. They're all Michael and mine. So we had 10 natural births. Yep. Uh, the rationale behind the homeschooling was, I guess, once we had three in school, the youngest ones, there were some things that I thought, I suppose I didn't really like what was happening. So then I talked to my husband. I thought, well, we could do this at home because we got, you know, three girls at all similar age, like a year apart. So why not give it a go? So I did the course. Um, they said, yep, you can do it. You can read and write. Um, <laughs> so I started that and it just kept going. And in a way, it was much easier. If all the children would have gone to school and do all the outside activities, it would have been hard. Like doing the schooling at home, we all get up at the same time. They all have the little chores. Um, the boys would get up really early, get their work done, and off they go playing. And that would have been handy when you're traveling around Australia and the that States. Was yeah. so good, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Definitely, yeah. Especially we started about a year before we moved to America. Um, and that was really good because once you go to the States, of course, you can't put your children in school as a student because we were students in a college. Um, can't put your children to school. So we figured, well, we're homeschool, we're all together. I think yeah. this whole COVID thing that we've had this year, it might rock the boat with this whole schooling yes, thing. definitely. Yeah. So, Keeks, what was your – and, you know, this podcast, I just kind of – ask questions that people might be thinking. What was it like being homeschooled? I loved it. Yeah. Yep. I think I went to school for two years of my life and I remember hating the assignments <laughs> and the fact that I had to be at school for the whole day because with homeschooling, you'd have your work you had to do. And then once you finished, you're done for the day. Um, so then, you know, you'd be able to play in the bush or, you know, do whatever. Yeah. yeah. And yep. while you've still got your microphone, mm. what do you, like, how old are you now and what are you doing with yourself? Yeah. So I'm 20 um, and I work for a marketing company. So yeah, cool. doing like business development as well as creating different marketing marketing projects and things. Awesome. Yeah, which is a good time. <laughs> yeah. So, Amanda, your experience being homeschooled, because there is stigma out there around homeschooling that uh, the kids are going to be weird and they won't get good jobs. And <laughs> actually, <right> <laughs> to be honest, when I found out you guys were homeschooled, I couldn't believe it because you were so normal. And take that as a compliment if you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, so really what was <laughs> what was your experience uh, homeschooled and what are you doing now with yourself and yeah. how old are you now? I'm 29 years old um, and, yeah, it was it was awesome because, like she said, we'd, we'd study in the morning, we'd be free all day and, like, travelling around every day was an adventure. So I think it's given a lot of us quite an adventurous spirit and we've all, you know, finished year 12 and then one of my sisters is – step down of a CEO in New York and another one's working overseas. I'm a nurse. Um, I mainly work in emergency. And so we've all done, like we've all got, yeah. you know, went through uni or and gotten ourselves some good jobs as well. So um, I think there is definitely a stigma, but I feel like, I mean, yeah, we didn't we didn't participate in a lot of the homeschooling stuff either because no. we were like, oh, <laughs> let's not. So there is definitely a stigma. Because there is uh, like homeschooling camps and stuff like that yeah did we did you, go yeah uh to, to one. one or two bit, bit weird was that and, the weird part and we yeah. were like mom can we just never go again <laughs> please so and i think on the fly I'm, I'm renaming the podcast episode like homeschooling and christmas <laughs> acts because this is interesting because yes. anyo um for someone out there uh, a lot of our listeners may have young kids mm. that are under five years old yep. and they are thinking about what to do with education. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any other bits of advice uh, and what to yeah. consider with the homeschooling thing? Um, I think what I found best is for a child to just hang around mum during a day, especially those first five years. I know that's hard now because so many women have to work, but I was privileged not to have to. And I think just them seeing what I do every day, copying, um, learning, giving them little chores at a very young age seemed to be helpful to make them responsible, even as children. And also having, um, I think the first so many years, especially primary school, as a mum, you don't have to have any degrees. You can teach your children how to read, how to write, timetables, mm -hmm. things like that. Just get a globe and, you know, teach them about the world and and just everyday life, yeah, is extremely important for children. Yeah. And did Michael or dad have any input with some of the homeschooling stuff? 
he he talks a lot. I'm just by listening to him. I'm sure they've learned a lot. He never really helped as such in the homeschooling because he's busy working. The boys helped out a lot on job sites. Mm. So then when they yeah. were doing their electrical apprenticeships, like in the practical tests, they were like far faster at completing stuff than a lot of the yeah. other guys. So they had a lot of practical knowledge that was just yeah. yeah. From and it's funny because me personally, I wasn't cut out for the school system. Mm-hmm. You know, make me read something, remember it, and write it out again under pressure within an hour. I fall apart. Mm, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, like yep. I'm just. But mm. get a whiteboard, draw it, explain it. Let's go do some practical things. Yes, I will get it. Yeah, and I'll I'll just encourage anyone out there who's listening and thinking, how can we do things with our children differently? Maybe homeschooling is an option. Mm. Uh, I know John, the co-host of this podcast, who isn't here today. He's taken one of his kids out of a traditional high school and put them in up at the sports high school. Right. Just yes. so it's just a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I think it's a watch this space with education. Mm. And in terms of costs for homeschool, talk to us about that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact amount, but I think we might have paid $1,800 a year. Yeah. But then, of course, you pay your books for all, for all the books on top of that. Yeah. And once you have, uh, like, there's two types of book, one's where they work in, the other one's is, like, my answer book. And once you've got those books, you keep them for until they update them. And the books they worked in, you'd have to replace, obviously, with each child. Did, did it ever come, like, you know, it's homeschooling, it's Monday morning, it's like, all right, kids, chill out, mummy's not in the mood, <laughs> and we'll, we'll catch up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Uh, like, I, I guess you can't do that. You have to be committed because you have to get so much work done every yeah. month and it gets sent away to, well, we does was Brisbane. So there are checks and balances. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I was always, I want to make sure that they have a good opportunity. I don't want them falling behind because I want them to do what they want to do with their lives. Mm. You know what I mean? I encourage yeah. them to, they want to go to uni. Yeah. The foundation has been laid. Yeah. yeah. And some of our children, which might help some listeners too, were quite dyslexic, especially the boys. So it's really hard for them to sit in the classroom, not understanding and obviously falling behind from, First day, really. Yeah, and I just empathize with that mm. because that was me. And, like, I'm now a professional podcaster and I talk for a living. Well done. And I can't speak that good England. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, but it, it's... Oh, <laughs> you have me and my accent, you know. I did okay. So, hey, anyone out? Yeah. Go, and it, I, I it think it's like that life lesson stuff. It's like keep moving, be active. Yes. If you trip over, get up, it's all good. Uh, there's no rules, just don't break laws, whatever. Um, yeah, awesome. Just on the homeschooling thing, any other comments? Because I think it's just a really fascinating topic. Mm. And I've met a lot of your children and, yeah, they're not weird. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Keeks. weird check. Yeah, oh, no, come joking. on. <laughs> Someone did say to me recently, I was overseas, and they were like, oh, you're homeschooled. Oh, you don't see I'm like, dude, I've been out of school for 10 years. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> That's, like, right. That's right. I, that, those days are long gone. But, yeah. 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 Um, no, no, I don't know. It was. Yeah. I reckon if you have the opportunity to definitely look into it because I know like looking back on my life and not being in school, I missed out on so much drama and even, you know, different bits of anxiety or depression that lots of young people go through mm-hmm. because, you know, they are in that school aspect. Um, I think it's a blessing that I 
pretty much missed out on that. Yeah, because yeah. I wasn't necessarily surrounded by those people and that drama all the time. Yeah. Like I still had friends. Mum was like, you know, we all were um, participating in sports, you know, when we were a kid, little A's. Or, you know, we did like. Oh, little A's. <laughs> oh. See, I that gave me so much anxiety. I, I look back and I think that's where my anxiety started. It was like little chumpy Glenn. He's not a runner, guys. Not a give, runner. You the, give you the rundown. Oh it was God. really good for us because we could take them all at once, you know, and all yeah. do the exercise for the week. And some of them were very good at one, one of our girls was extremely good not at me. one. <laughs> but the others, hey, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, other people. and I guess through the, the homeschooling networks or whatever, so you said like the head office was in Brisbane, yeah. yep. obviously in your area you would get notified of other little chapters yes. or whatever so you can do meetups or whatever mm. with all yeah. the if weird kids. If you wanted kids. to, yeah. yes. Yeah. If you wanted to, that was, yeah. yes. But we were pretty yeah. confident and pretty, We, I don't know, we felt like we had pretty good social networks so yeah. we didn't need to. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about a bit of Monet and Christmas. There's a question here. Good questions from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, some good ones. Yeah. So Natalie says, with Christmas gifts – uh, we'll start with Anyo. Uh, do you set a monetary budget on each child slash family member for gifts? Because I'm of Dutch heritage, we never did Christmas in Holland. We had Christmas as, as Christmas, just remembering, you know, what Jesus born. And then we had Saint Sinterklaas. I don't know you say it in English. Yes. <laughs> okay, whatever. Saint Nicholas. Yes. Um, and that was prior, I think the end of November. Um, and that was when you bought all the gifts and right. had poems and games but it was not about the gifts it was much more about having a fun night yes so then when i came to australia first of all having christmas in summer was like oh this is weird <laughs> <laughs> no snow and but um i think we've always said now the birthdays are more important for us because that's more of a milestone and a celebration of the child um christmas we might um spend well i used to buy presents for all of them when they were little obviously but little presents yeah. you know like crafts or Things like that, yeah. So I guess just from what I'm understanding, the Christmas is more of a family together. Correct. We, we're celebrating this together, but we'll highlight each child on their birthday. Yeah. So just on the birthday gifts then, would you go, okay, I spend X amount on every kid every year or is it this tailored thing, what they need, what they want? Depends who she loves the most. <laughs> $10,000 budget for me. <laughs> No, on average, we wouldn't spend more than $200 per, per child. Yeah. Um, if it's the 21st, we obviously get something nice, not normally a, a lovely ring or so as a remembrance. But apart from that, no, we don't – I mean, children have everything they need. Yeah, yeah, like that's right. We live in Australia. More. What more do you yeah, want? Yeah, I know. It. So Claudia asks, how do you encourage your kids to treasure experiences more than gifts? So I might ask Amanda – in your experience, like growing up in this family where it's Christmas is about together and, a, and the event together as opposed to individually give me my PlayStation 3 or give me my whatever. Um, yeah, what was your experience like understanding the experiences? Yeah, it was very much about, yeah, the family being together and having – like growing up we'd have it with all, combined with all the cousins um, and the uncle and aunts and then that was really fun. And then as we've all grown older and then they their kids are getting their own children, it's become more our family unit plus the grandkids. Yeah, it's very much I think about keeping it about the family and not getting carried away by the commercialness that is I think Christmas in society today. So, yeah, we always kind of do Christmas Eve dinner – um, and gifts and then Christmas Eve service and then Christmas Day we just hang out 
um, and play games and do activities or try cook a nice nice Christmas lunch. Which we should. All us girls get in the kitchen. We've all got our aprons on and we make it and we make. Yeah. Okay, so on the whole, uh, Stephanie Cooper says hosting Christmas lunch without going over the top, <laughs> you know, she always panics and spends a fortune. And I like, I'm with you, like, I'm the worst caterer. <laughs> I'll like go to Woolworths and it's like, you know, I've got five people coming over. Why did I just spend $700? Like, I, I, it's not a skill that I've got. I'm just, just saying it right now. So, Anya, how do you, um, how do you spread the money thin yeah. without having two minute noodles for everybody? Okay. <laughs> Hey, you've already um, started buying apple ciders. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, like, for instance, apple cider, like non-alcoholic. Yeah. Um, they had a dollar fifty off the other day per bottle, so I bought like boxes of bottles already for Christmas time. Do you know right. what I mean? So it's just things I know that I'm going to use when I see them on special a couple months prior. They're not going to go off. I will buy them then. Um, Christmas Day lunch definitely don't overspend. No. Um, I'm not a cook. I don't particularly like cooking. I don't like baking. I don't like the whole kitchen scene so much. So we have quite some funny stories about my attempts in cooking chickens and meatballs. And and <laughs> oh, man. Turkey is very chewy. Turkey, yeah. <laughs> turkey, we did turkey last year or the year before, and it was actually, that was quite nice. Um, girls, the, girls, the girls, girls helped. Yep. from overseas. Yeah. Yeah. No, but mum did well. <laughs> she does good. Yeah. So because, you know, you've got um, – so, how many of your children have like spouses now? Um, so, there's three married. Yeah, yeah, and two grandchildren, two little yeah. boys. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, and do we spoil the grandchildren? Yeah, oh, yeah, we, yeah we love the grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. so once, um, two, once, nearly one. Yeah, yeah. wow, oh, fun. Yeah. So, basically, um, when you are planning the lunch, do you tell people like because not everyone lives at home, obviously. Still, is it like bring a plate, or do people just rock up? Yeah, no, people just talk up overall, don't I we? think we all like, – And what's last, your address? Year, Tell me yeah, more yeah, about yeah. this <laughs> rocking up. Yeah. Like, I mean, but we all just were around home. So we're all like even our cousins, our sisters with their partners, like they all just stayed at our house. Yeah. So we all were at home. That's so we it. All, just all worked together. And we yeah. all just brought stuff. So I, I don't know. We're not great at budgeting. I think the lunch we just – Make it out. Uh, I think Christmas lunch is, I mean, you're wise in how you spend it, and but you always have a bit more anyhow, which is great because the next day you have leftovers. Yeah. So you don't have but to we probably just plan what you're going to eat. Yes. So that when you go to the shops, yep. you stick to your shopping list. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. You know. So when you say, you know, you see something throughout the year, it's like what month do you start looking at that? Christmas. What uh, time do you have your October. plan? October. Yeah, when I see the Christmas tree or two, it's like, oh no, again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the Christmas tree factor. Yeah. That's, that's my, um, yep, okay, it's time to start yeah. looking and yeah. Yeah. And I guess because you've got such a big group of people and family to look after, this prior planning stuff is just even more important. Yes. Because no one has unlimited money. We can't go two weeks before and just go, all right, everyone, we're going to Costco in West Sydney and bring yeah. the truck. Like, So it's actually just intentional. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this year we're all having apple cider. Next year it might be pineapple juice. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever's on special. <laughs> now, Emma Jury, if that's how you pronounce your name, probably not, but whatever, we're here now. Um, when you have bought maybe smaller gifts for Christmas, and I think, Keeks, you said in a message that you might open some at Christmas Eve. Where are you hiding the presents? Oh. Oh, those, oh, those secret <laughs> places. 
Are these secret places that you know about? So mum likes to buy a gift, right? Obviously early because it would be on special if she can, unless if it's last minute and then it's like the day before Christmas. But um, she has a special place where she puts her things and... And no one knows by the sounds of it. No one knows. Not even mum knows when Christmas comes. So it'd be like two years later, mum's like, I got you this gift. (laughs) When she finds it. it in a safe place and I lost it. Or it's like even sometimes I think, I don't know, I probably can recall a memory of mum, like it's your birthday and mum's like, I did get you a present but I can't find it. (laughs) But it's good. Yeah. What was the question? Like your (laughs) secret hiding space or what do you do with the presents? Have you got one? Uh, Well, yeah, I hide things because, you know, we all kind of, because we're all home, we all, you know, put a washing away or whatever. So I have to be careful. So I might put some behind the singlets or some undies or some in a a drawer behind some other stuff. And honestly, I forget. I only do. Yeah. I think a lot of it goes in your room and then we're just not allowed in near your room for Yeah, that's what we've been doing the last two years, which worked well. Yep. No one's Uh, allowed to look through the bags. Someone wrote, and I I can't see it in front of me, they wrote that they hide the presents in suitcases and lock them. That's good. That's a good idea. That's good. That's a solid one. That's a hack, isn't it? We've got a lot of suitcases. That's a good one. (laughs) Yep. Um, Probably one of those safe places that we'd forget about though. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll forget the code. <laughs> yeah. So with catering for large amounts of people, probably not a five-course bespoke dinner. Uh, what do we do with um, most bang for our buck and volume? Like, what do you find is tasty, is not expensive, and can spread thin? Potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Potatoes. Meatballs. All of. I think we used to have what we all like. Christmas yep. lunch, whatever, chicken, couple of chickens. Yeah, um, we like chicken better than turkey, so we just yeah. do like two or three chickens. <laughs> and yeah. boys like steak, so we might have some steak. We might have some meatballs. Um, we have applesauce with, um, and just some veggies and yeah, it's like bread. a roast and lots really. of salads. Lots just of like salad. a roast lunch yeah. with lots yeah. of salads. And then you always need to have a bit extra because. The extras, that the extras that come along, you know. Yeah. Like if people buy themselves, we always say you come over. I mean, I'll be there on Christmas. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no one should be alone Christmas Day, so yeah. everyone's welcome, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting one because I think, you know, we've all had things in our life and events and I even had a message the other day. Someone said to me, oh, we're doing this. Should we invite this person? I'd feel awkward if – and I said, no, nope, we invite everyone. Yes, like, good. Everyone's always welcome mm. and – particularly around Christmas, it can be mm. a very sad time for yeah. people in our community. Uh, so, yeah, that's mm. a really good thing to, to pick up. So, Samantha says, how do you get it all done in time? You know, do you do online shopping, click and collect? You know, when when do you practically need to start? You said October for the food. Is it just like see the Christmas trees? All right, now I start planning. Yeah, basically. Um, I, I don't do much click and collect. I might get a Woolies order with all the heavy stuff, but yep. apart from that, I like to go in and um, scope out those deals. Yeah, I think I'm just I'm a efficient. I'm grateful. I'm an efficient person, so yep. I get a lot done in a little time. Yeah, and it seems to have the ability to see what needs to be done and get it organised. Oh, for both. Yeah. What about so gifts? What about, what gifts? about gifts? Gifts is like yeah, that's a topic. Yeah. <laughs> so so gifts. Center. What we do now? Yeah, the secret mm. center. Do you want to explain? Oh yes. That? Yeah, sure. So because there's a lot of us now, and especially growing family, everyone's getting married and stuff. But we have been doing this for a while now. Hey, yeah. Probably about seven, eight years. Yeah. So 
quite a while. We're quite experienced in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty much we'll do Secret Santa. So we'll get everyone's name, put it in twice, and then everyone picks out a name. Um, yeah, two names each. So each person's buying for two people. And then we have a budget. So this year the budget is um, 50 to 70 dollars each person yeah yeah and so we do that in october yeah we did it last week yep. or two weeks ago two weeks yeah, ago. yeah 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 just so that you can start keeping an eye out for gifts so yeah yeah so i guess like both of you have grown up under mum who's been you know planned considered probably <laughs> more, well more because she's had to be somewhat organized <laughs> um are you both organized people we're all pretty last minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amanda can be organised. Yeah, I would yeah. say I am strong in both areas, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we all are. You have to be in a big family. Something always pops up. So that's spontaneous. It? Yeah. But then planned. I'd say I'm a planned person, but then spontaneity is also good. Yeah. But I've already got my head ticking for all my things. Yeah. I'm pretty last minute. Life. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. There's a question here and I don't know – she put a little smiley face onto it. So, I don't know if it was like this loaded question or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a bit scandalous. Um, Katie says, how do you account for your environmental impact for such a big family, you evil people? <laughs> if that's the face. <laughs> with your, with your <laughs> using the carbon footprint for existing. <laughs> yeah. So, but seriously, on that, it's a, it's a good question because, mm. you know, I just – for the life of me, I hate going to the supermarkets and you go to like Kmart and it's just all this plastic mm-hmm. crap and it's all this rubbish. Like, so maybe Amanda, like what's your experience been mm. in the family, big family to do things that is maybe intentional for the environment or otherwise? Yeah. I think for us, like the secret Santa thing is good because then we're not just buying little cluttery things for everybody. And then that's just a lot of wastage in a way, I mean, it doesn't have to be. It can still be intentional with those small gifts. But um, so I think that helps us be mindful. Um, but then even buying gifts that can be like those metal water bottles, like those are awesome gifts. Oh, and like the Yeti ones. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And my brother got the Yeti like uh, beer cooler and he uses that all the time. So gifts that can be reusable and have got good longevity. And then I think also just being mindful of like supporting locals. So um, trying to buy from local people and, you know, within our Australian with the bushfires, there's lots of websites now for all the different like buying local things. There was oh, – I had something else but it, – That's right. You might remember yeah. Peaks speaking about buying yes. local and supporting mm. local businesses. Yep. Tell us about the top you've got on. I do. I have got a beige shirt on. My good friend, our good friend Bonnie Gray is an artist um, and she's recently, oh, not recently, quite a while ago released, I guess, like a few T-shirts and stuff. So, yeah, supporting your friends. Get on it. Beautiful What's her name again? She does do. Bonnie Gray. Look her up. (laughs) Beautiful artworks. Yes. She always like comes around to Twin Bay. I see like once a week. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's a beautiful artist. Check out uh, Bonnie Gray on Mm -hmm. Instagram or whatever. Yep. Okay, so some years, like, we all ebb and flow in life. Sometimes things pop up. Yeah. Anya, have there been years where you've just gone, this is a really good idea and it would suit the family or three of the kids? Have there been experiences where you've just pulled presents? Yes, absolutely. Um, Our parents, my parents-in-law, they had a beautiful property in Tasmania. We'd often go there for holidays and they had, um, they were right on the lake, so we could be all around the lake. So we bought the children on a quad bike. And that was a lot of fun. 
Um, they they loved it, and we took it back home with us, didn't we? We must yeah, have done. Yeah, I think we had it in the van and took we it home. Had it in the van on the Spirit of Tasmania. <laughs> oh, we did. We had a mini yeah. bus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, twelve seats. The fun <laughs> bus. Yeah. We had the special bus. <laughs> Actually, on that, talk to us about cars and transportation. <laughs> How are we doing this? Okay, well. How many cars do we have now? We have lots of cars now. At the time, we had three children and we had a station wagon. And then um, my husband was having a cup of tea in one of the units we were living at at the time. And then he hears this car start up and he goes, oh, that's my car. So he, someone actually stole our car. So he ran after on his socks and no, no, missed it. Anyhow, that was really good for us because the insurance then paid us a lot more than we could have ever sold the car for. So we could buy a little minibus. So that was the next step with the fourth child, right? Um, so then we had the mini bus and I actually loved that because Michael took out the two front seats so I could put all my groceries there, put a pram in there and I get special parking because it's a bus, right? Yeah. So it was really good. And us older girls got the front seat. We had the full leg room. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Business class. <laughs> Business class in a mini bus. Um, it wouldn't be a podcast without talking about family scandals. Um, so you've got <laughs> okay, hey, really go with me, right? <laughs> yeah, keeping up with the polls. Um, so, Anyo, you've got a big growing family. You've got an expanding family as your children bring in partners into the craziness and all that. Yeah. Have you ever had to uh, set some realistic expectations with the kids or your daughter-in-law, son-in-law, has there ever been anything or is it just they're involved in the family and they get the culture of the family because you've got your own cultural hub, you've you've got your own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So has there been any scandals where you've had to put your foot down? It's like, no, you're not bloody doing that at Christmas. You're coming here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, help me, girls, <laughs> have we? There might not have been any scandals. Just trying to make it a bit clickbaity. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously it's hard for a, a new person to come into our family because it, it's we're quite intimidating. Yeah. We're all very no, loud. No, we're not intimidating, but we're very loud and very <laughs> stubborn. Uh, <laughs> is, is that the Dutch? Yes, <laughs> it's the Dutch coming so, okay, out. Okay, so on the Dutch thing, um, <laughs> Michael's Dutch as well. You see. Wow. So the Dutch. This is not for me. Don't shoot the messenger. There's a reputation. The Dutch people are really tight with their money. There true or the, false? I think it's true in the older generation. Sure. Definitely. Yep. I think the young ones, absolutely not. We, Even our own lives, I had things that I had to unlearn from the way I was taught um, to be more generous. And now, uh, yeah, always giving money away. And, yeah. yeah. And, and just on that, I'm glad you said the G word because um, when I teach money, I believe we always have to – Give, yes. save, and then spend yep. in that order yep. because there's always people worse off than us. We do have to look after our Absolutely. own future, yep. but we have to enjoy life mm-hmm. and we have to eat now. With generosity, how have you modelled that or talked to your kids about that? Oh, look, again, I think it's just – I can't even think of specific – I think it's just the way they're brought up. You, yeah. you give, like obviously we always um, – I think it's very much you follow by example. So yeah. I think by you and dad always being generous. And I think generosity doesn't always have to look like money. I think it True. can look like hos- hospitality, yeah. you know, and always having, you know, there's everyone's always welcome. Like we can, we can always, <laughs> I mean, that's the benefit of a lot of people. Mm. You can always fit another person around the table because yeah. it's what's the yeah, big deal. We're there's 20 people here. What's another people. person? <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think we've kind of probably learned that from you guys 
as well. And it's probably something that is more lifestyle mm. that is taught through. And I think being intentional about giving and yeah and supporting like even um friends of ours we met in Adelaide years ago he lives in India he's an Indian man and he supports a school and hospital there so we support a lot of their children help purchase I mean you don't want to boast I don't do you know what I mean but yeah so we gave help give them some money so they could buy land and put uh, other buildings on that and just things like that which we knew the person so we knew it was a good thing and I guess um, over this, you know, life as a spectrum, it it's just not a straight linear line. It's just like a squiggly thing, right? There's presumably been times uh, in your own financial life that it might have been tighter. And so how have you managed those ebbs and flows with the family, with expectations that we've got to cater this, we've got to buy birthday gifts if yeah. it is a tight year? Yeah. How have you managed that? Or while you think about that, Keeks, growing up, do you ever look back and think, I remember that year. There was no bloody money and we went without like. (laughs) I think having 10 kids, you know, that is a lot on its own. Yeah, having to fund all of that. But I think mum and dad are very good at being generous. You know, it's, yeah, I don't know how to put it, but I guess they wouldn't let what they're going through affect us too much as best as they could don't fight yeah. in front of the kids mm, mm. and again being yeah. wise like uh, there used to be a shop my, can I mention a name you can do whatever you pumpkin, want there used to be pumpkin patch and they were great beautiful things but they would have these huge sales didn't they Yeah. so then I would buy I think for say 10% of the full price and I'd have everything for the children for the next year so they always look nice uh, you know I didn't believe in hand-me-downs and children I think each child is special they all need to have their own Clothing as such. Yeah. Hand me downs are awesome though. Yeah, now they are, but <laughs> not when you're little. Right? How many like times growing up, um, even like in the last week mm. or the last couple of months, have you heard from one of the house, who's got mine? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think day. I'm fortunate because I'm the littlest, so they can't really wear my stuff, whereas they're all six foot. <laughs> so so they all share clothes and shoes, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, no one fits my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's well, always something missing. But also yeah. on the like generosity, it's also like we've been recipients of that as well. So when we were living in the States, we were like, yes. you know, dad wasn't really working when we were there. It was kind of like he was doing college and we were holidaying. Um, but people would put us up. We were one time there for Christmas in Wis- Wilmington. In Wilmington. And um, this couple had us staying at their house. It was really lovely and it was Christmas time and it was snowing. Um, and then we woke up in the morning and they had bought gifts for all of us kids. Wow. And they left. And, and they said left. They left the house for two or three days. Yeah. And they had, each child had gifts. Like amazing. Beautiful. You yeah. know? Yeah. So it's, it's nice to be generous. But then when you're on the flip side, it's like, it is nice to be mm. like, oh, this is what it feels like. So it is good to remember like how Absolutely. you can make other people feel. And even like the big family. I remember Easter one year, we had someone buy all of us kids like little, like a chocolate thing, which we never did the Easter bunny thing, but they bought one for all of us children and it had each of our names. And <laughs> so it's actually like – it's like little things but it's like including yeah. – I don't know. Generosity yeah. is like and really special. I, I think in the American thing it's fascinating like Keeks and Rach were born in America. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we've got a Dutch, American, Australian. Canadian. 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 <laughs> no, dad's Canadian. Oh, okay. Dad's Canadian. <laughs> but also Dutch. His parents were Dutch but he was born in Canada. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Four, four nationalities in one family. Yeah. Three passports. Well, <laughs> we're going to have a quick break. We're going to do a Life Sherpa lesson, which we do once a month. And then when we get back, 
while we have a break, the polls don't know this yet, but we're going to play a game. So, I've got some questions. Yep. But have you guys got another 10 minutes? Yeah. Stay. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Okay. So, these are the questions. Um, you're each going to write the answers yes. separately. We'll go outside of here and then we'll come back and I'll read them mm-hmm. and we'll have some fun. What did you learn from your parents about money growing up? If your younger sister, daughter asked you for life advice, what would you tell them in one line? Uh, who is likely to be late? Who is the slowest eater uh, and the fastest eater? <laughs> who is the t- <laughs> who is the tightest <laughs> when it comes to their money? And there's some other fun stuff. We'll have a quick break. We'll fill this out and we'll be right back after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. It's time. It's time to get down and dirty with the OG of financial advice in Australia. The vivacious, ever variable, never volatile, Don Vito of Life Sherpa, Vince Scully. It's here to soothe your financial aches and pains. What do you got for us today, Vince? 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 All right, Vince, what do we got for today's Life Sherpa lesson? G'day, Glenn. Today, Tom writes, can I get a parental guarantee if I'm buying a house with my partner? My parents are in a position to be guarantors, but her parents aren't. So how does that work? Um, Well, just to back up a bit, most people buying a home starting out are usually more limited by their ability to get a deposit together than their ability to service a loan. And one way around that is to get one of your parents to give a guarantee to the bank, which says to the bank, if you don't pay, I'll pay. And that's usually... And if no one pays, we'll come and take the parents' house and get our money. Right. <laughs> and if, uh, and that's usually secured, as you say, Glenn, by a mortgage on the parents' house. And that's a great way to get into property without having a deposit and without paying lenders' mortgage insurance. That's the good news. The bad news is that banking with the bank of mum and dad gives your parents a great excuse to interfere with your choice of partner and your choice of career. So this is as much a psychological and emotional problem as it is a financial problem. There are, of course, risks for your parents. So if you don't pay, your parents' house is at risk. Is that something you want to live with? But I think those emotional issues, um, the interest rate may be low, but you do have to listen to lectures from your parents. So knowing you and knowing your parents is the key to success in this. In your case where you're saying your parents are a position but hers aren't, that now gives your parents a perfectly legitimate excuse to comment on your choice of partner. And whether you're comfortable with that is a question for you and whether she's comfortable. Mm. 
is a big question. So I guess in terms of the practical mechanics, if there was a five hundred thousand dollar home, yep. and we'll just you know back the parents, off the parents five hundred thousand. Well, both. Yep. Y- okay. You want to buy, and so yeah, everyone back off. We're not talking about in a city anywhere. Yep. You know, hour and a half out of a capital city. Yep. Five hundred thousand dollar parents home. You want to purchase a five hundred thousand dollar home. Yep. To not pay lenders mortgage insurance and. To we basically need a twenty percent deposit, which is one hundred thousand dollars. Yes. So that deposit from your home can be cash, can be a parental guarantee or the government schemes. Yep. But on the parental guarantee side, if both parents were in a good position, you would still only use one of the parents anyway. It'd be very, very rare. Yes. To have a parental guarantee fifty grand on one parent's property. And fifty grand on the other. I don't know if there's any lenders that would actually do that. Not sure. Uh, yeah, sure, it's possible. I, I've never seen one. Um, usually, it's one of the parents gets gets to do it. Uh, and of course, you've probably got brothers and sisters. So, mm. yeah, if they're going to do it for you, are they going to do it for them as well? Are yeah. they going to expect you to be out of it by the time your younger sister wants to buy her house? But I guess to directly answer the question, if her parents aren't in a financial position, Yep, that's okay. Your that parents okay. can do it. Yeah. So the deal with the bank is they want to make sure that the loan they give you is 80% or less of the total security value. And the total security value is the $500,000 house you're buying and the $500,000 house your parents have. So five hundred is less than 80% of a million. Therefore, that's fine. Now, it- Really, I guess to just drill in on that question as well, if both parents couldn't do it and grandma was able to, some banks and lenders would entertain other family members. So, it's as much yeah. as it's parental guarantee, I think it's more of a family guarantee. Yeah, it, it does limit your options. Um, you know, each bank has their own quirky policy as to whether they'll take parents or step-parents or um, grandparents. Um Grandparents are often a little sensitive with banks. Um, banks really don't like the current affair risk of throwing granny out of her home. Mm. Uh, that's never a good look from a publicity viewpoint. So parents are the most common. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the long and the short is it's more of a, in this instance, does your partner want to be in financial bed with her potential in-laws? And the strings that could be attached, good yep. or bad. Yep. Uh, I know me personally, I I could have had a parental guarantee for my first home, uh, but I decided to pay the $15,000 LMI mm-hmm. not to involve mum and dad yeah, for a variety know, of reasons. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good thought. Um, as the parent of a 20-something myself, um, my philosophy is that if he gets his 5% deposit together, I will pay his LMI bill. And that's my contribution to the deal. And that means he's demonstrated he's good for it because he saved 5% and my credit's not on the hook. That's so right. You've, you've written a 15 grand check. Yep. God bless you. See you later. So, so I've done my bit. Um, the bank's taking risk on him. And, and you're not carrying any and risk. And I'm not carrying any ongoing risk. Well, you've quantified your risk. Yep. Is that, I fixed my risk. Yeah. You've thrown so, 15 grand away possibly. Yep. So... So that's my take on it. Um, but parental guarantees are very common at Life Sherpa. You know, a lot of our, you know, more than half of our first home buyers have some form of parental support. 
And realistically, if you are a first home buyer, a good mortgage broker who focuses on, you know, that type of the market, they'll be able to answer these questions with you and they will have their own due diligence to meet with the parents. Yep. Even separately. Yep. Because the parent's home is on the line. It is. And an example is, just to finish this little example, if you purchased your first home with a parental guarantee and you borrowed $400,000 that was secured against the current property you have, Mm -hmm. and then you borrowed another $100,000 secured against the parent's property Mm -hmm. and the market crapped itself and the house, you didn't pay your mortgage and they sold the house for- 450,000 which is 50,000 less than what you paid for it and you still owe the bank $50,000. They're going to call in their security on that loan and $100,000 of that loan is on the parent's property. Mm-hmm. So what the banks or lenders will do in the worst case scenario, rock up to the parents, say, "Hey, you owe us 50 grand. If you can't pay, you're going to go on a payment plan for the next 50 years to pay it off. Or we we'll take your house. Or we sell the whole house to get that 50 grand. Yeah. And that's – so you raised two very good points there, Glenn. One is a traditional guarantee, um, the parents on the hook for the whole loan. Um, with some of the more specialised family pledge products, they're – but the important point is that they look after people like you. So yes. if you're a first-home buyer, you don't want to f- use a broker who's – great at investment properties, you know, dealing with people who have 10 investment properties. You want someone who looks after first home buyers and will take the time and patience to take you through all the ins and outs of the complexities of parental guarantees, super saving schemes. All of it. All, all the government benefits um, and we'll take the time to explain all that to you. Sweet. All right. Thanks, Vince. Thank you, Glenn. Welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us again for um, this game we're now going to go through. So Glenn has given us some questions and we're now going to go through and, well, we have answered them, but Glenn's going to read out our answers. Yes. I'm going to have a giggle. The first question, (laughs) um, what did you learn from your parents about money growing up? Anya, you said save and that they might have been cheap. Mm. Mm, Okay. (laughs) But you learned that and- See, lessons are interesting because we can learn things and once we learn things, we've got a choice. What yep. do we do with that information? And yep. you've you've learned that and gone, you know what, that's not a good way to live for me. Uh, Amanda said, be generous. Don't hold money too tight. And Keeks, you said, there's never enough of it, but <laughs> always be generous with it. Yeah. That's so good. The next question, if your younger sister slash daughter asks you for advice about life, what would you tell them in one line? Keeks, you said, don't take it too seriously. Amanda said, do what you're passionate about. Don't stress about what you do because you'll probably only do it for seven years. <laughs> That's some good advice. I always says that as well. Yeah. She, whenever someone's like, I don't know what to do career-wise, and she's like, we're well, only going to do it for 10 years or less. She's like, it's not a whole life not even decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's five yeah. or seven. Uh, and mum, you said, love people, enjoy life, be thankful and generous. Awesome. Who is most likely to be late? Um, yep, (laughs) everyone wrote Keeks. Everyone has me, I'm sure of it. I'm always late. Keeks wrote late. I was shocked you guys were on time today. 
Oh, well. Well, I wasn't shocked. <laughs> like, I was shocked that you were given that. You yeah, always I was the last one ready. Okay. Yeah, last one in the car. <laughs> um, who's the slowest and faster eater? Um, basically, <laughs> unanimous. <laughs> everyone was like pretty much um, eat. Or you'll lose it. You'll miss out on Basically, seconds. Basically, <laughs> we do small portions, so you had to eat your food real fast to get seconds. And if you want, to, you've got to eat fast so there is seconds. Otherwise, <laughs> the seconds are gone. <laughs> oh, and this is this is funny. Um, who is the tightest when it comes to parting with their money? Mum sat that one out. Uh, Amanda said herself, and you're trying to be more generous. And Keek said, Amanda, not tight, just wise. Sugar do. Okay. <laughs> Who is the most financially irresponsible? Keeks, you said probably you. Um, Amanda, you said Keeks. <laughs> <laughs> Rip me. But also, it's that like, what, what is it? That disposable income age still? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's that aspect. And um, <laughs> your mum said you were the most financially irresponsible. Good to uh, know. I or you, maybe to. you got confused. Yeah, I meant yeah. to. Say, it's probably my. She meant to say me, but now she looks at me <laughs> and she regrets it. It's probably my grammar. I take it. It's okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> if you got one phone call from the police and they said someone had been arrested for having too much fun, who would it be? You said your sons. Definitely. Um, <laughs> Amanda said you. So you're a, you're a bit of a yeah yourself yeah, yeah bit of in a fun my, in my opinion yeah and then um, Keeks also said uh, your brothers. Yeah, they love to have fun. I like this question <laughs> and because I hadn't really spent that much time with your mother, mm. I, I kind of – I didn't want to be like – the question was going to be who's most likely to laugh at a funeral? Like just giggle? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've done, <laughs> I've done it. it. But we I, get nervous. <laughs> so, but I softened it and said who is the one to laugh inappropriately in a serious situation? Keeks wrote Amanda. Um, Amanda said herself. <laughs> And Anya, you said uh, yourself as well. Yeah, we're, we're not great at being too serious. Yeah, that's Take good. Yeah. Too serious. <laughs> um, I, one story on funerals, my mum and her sister, they were going to a funeral in Sydney once and they were late. Anyway, they rocked up, sat down in this building. Wrong funeral, wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> and they said they were just sitting there giggling the whole time. It was awkward. Um, and then the last question that we had, who would be most likely to leave their phone at home and go off the grid for the day without telling anyone? Um, Anya, you said yourself, you're out of here. Amanda said, yep, I'll take that. See ya. Uh, and then Keegs, you said your mum as well. She always leaves her phone That's true. Uh, behind. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of a good hack. Like just go and forget your phone. Yeah. yeah. And then it's really annoying. It's, it's really annoying when you like want to Google like where something is yes. or how, what time the store shuts and you're like, oh, yeah. should have brought my phone. So I guess in wrapping up the episode, I've had a lot of fun and I hope for you listening that you've heard things and maybe thought of different Christmas hacks for yourself because, you know, we can't cover everything, but I just want this to be an entertaining, thought-provoking thing that people can actually – think about and be intentional with their money. Uh, the highlights for me has been that, uh, Anya, you've been planned where possible. You've been considered. You've taken the view that I'll be generous and not stingy. And and just talk, you, you talked about growing up, obviously your parents are older than all of us here. That's mm. obvious. Um, and they're Dutch. Yes. And you said that, you know, you really learned growing up from them that it was just hold on to everything. 
Well, mum, mum would have been very generous, right. but mum never worked. She was yep. a stay-at-home mum. It was just great. But my dad, um, well, you know, things were tougher in those days, and he would build his own house, and every cent counted. Yeah. So it was like, no, you're gonna get jeans that are twenty sizes too big because they were cheap. Do you know what I mean? Things like that, mm. rather than. Yeah, um, but they grew up in really. They tough did. That's times, what I mean. This so is all that they was, knew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. we've. That's right. And because I, I often think, and I think uh, one of you said it earlier, it's like it's it's the generous mindset, it's the generous heart. Mm. Money can be tight, mm. but there's always room for one more to share your time and mm. company. Um, so you might go around the circle for some last words. Keeks, do you want to leave some parting thoughts about growing up in a chaotic family, Christmas, presents, money? What's the thought? I don't know. I would say have a big family. Yep. Because I can't imagine having a Christmas time with just five people. Mm. It would be quite – be quiet and that just wouldn't be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We had one of those, man, a few years ago. I was in New York with my other four sisters. Yeah, they were in New York and it was only like five of us at home and it was the worst Christmas we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) They texted us and Bethany, my little sister, was like, where is everyone? She said, this is horrible. I think she cried. (laughs) Yeah. Amanda, final, final thoughts? Th- I would say be planned. Think about something that like when buying gifts for people, think about something that is personal to them and that would touch them. And even like, you know, as I hang out with friends, I'll like listen if there's things that they want to, or they've been like hanging out for and, and utilise the Black Friday sales. Yes. Yep. And um, go in with a list and utilise that. Love it. Mum? Yeah, well, I think you've heard most of mine. Yeah. And I think the main thing is just enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the family. Don't allow not having enough money or the busyness to stop you from enjoying the family being together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Well, do you Thank want to you. wrap up the episode? Yeah, please? I can. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Um, it's been great, I guess, hearing from my mother and sister and myself, as well as Glenn, who shared some good insight. Thank you for having <laughs> um, me. No worries, but enjoy your Christmas. Remember to be generous, but to also be wise with your money. We'll see you next week. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. You can join Sun Super online in under five minutes. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.
off with the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Love it. We're swapping it out. All right. Oh, okay. You're still going to be. That's okay. You're Hello, still guys. Be on Welcome the to the My Millennial Podcast. Today we have Amanda, Glenn, and Anya Paul joining us. Now, Glenn, what's it like growing up with eight siblings? I mean, eight <laughs> sisters. Sorry. Look, it's rough. <laughs> Is what it can rough? I say? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I can only imagine because I grew up with one sister and uh, girl cousins, and mm-hmm. I spent most of my childhood at netball courts. So, <laughs> getting dragged around. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And. <laughs> I love it. And Glenn, what do you do for a job? Um, Because now I'm your job. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm just a citizen (laughs) of earth and I just float around. Mm. Uh, I like to help people where I can. Love Um, it. Yeah. I'm trying to work on, you know, becoming my childhood dream. Yeah, um, which hero, is what? Really? What's your childhood dream? <laughs> well, the first job I wanted to do growing up, yeah, uh, as a four-year-old, was being a, a garbage truck driver. <laughs> um, That's so amazing. For a week, I was, I seriously, love to. For a week, love to. You can just like um, vlog it as well. I reckon people would be really yeah. interested. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Plus, I love garbage dumps. You get all the good things on the yes. side of the road for free, yes. Yes. And, and you know you get what? Beer with it too. Sometimes people- you can do it up, resell it, make some cash on the side. Mm. Love. It. All about Photos. Facebook Marketplace. Anyway, so good. it's a dangerous place. It is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> should we swap now or? No, no, you can stay there. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> we'll like throw that control. in at the end. So, this is um, the Getting to Know Glenn James podcast. <laughs> We're now hey, going to switch to Glenn. So, if you, if some you keep talking, you'll get a podcast. Oh, I've already got one in my head. Yeah. No. Want, to, want, to, hey, podcast, to podcast, <laughs> want to do a podcast? You want to do a podcast? Talk. Always looking for confident people behind a microphone. I love it. Yes. All right. So. from laughing. All right. So. All right. We're going to be serious now. Okay. Glenn, can you please be serious? Trying. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. The ball's in your court. All right. So, do you want to say <laughs> welcome back? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To you or? Yeah, or to, to the camera. Mm-hmm. Hey, All right. give a little wink. Welcome back. <laughs> no, welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 